Hello, my friends. So welcome back to part two of this chronic illness series. So in the previous episode, I highlighted on some of my chronic illness journey and what I've been through. And I really want to focus one episode or as many episodes as it takes on the mental health side of it, the relationships, all of that. So I touched a little bit mentally on the places like I went. Um, Because at the time, if you're just in this place where you're constantly processing and you're kind of at this point of, or at least for me, it was at this point of how do I go on? I don't want to live like this or deal like this. And I just remember also when I felt scared of myself that I got into my bed and I, I just prayed to get me through the night. I'm just not going on that, just getting through the night and then get going through the day and just take it one step at a time. And there was a lot of crying and anger and being stubborn and my anxiety getting the best of me quite a few times. And freaking out because I didn't know what was happening to my body. Um, worried about refeeding syndrome which is if your body's been malnourished for a really long time, and then you introduce nutrition to it, uh, what can happen is it can cause your electrolytes and a lot of your blood levels to go like crazy berserk out of whack. And these, some of these are so important to basically functioning. One of those being like your potassium and things like that. And it can actually kill you. So um, they're constantly checking my blood work to make sure that those electrolytes that if things are starting to look like they're going in that direction, that they could reel it back in. So things that does went out of whack, and it will go out of whack if I'm out of two beats for a bit, as my potassium level. And they tried to give me um, potassium times, like two potassium every so often. And frankly, I was afraid to take any kind of pills. I was a big believer on, nah, I, they told me there was no side effects or little, I was thinking, mm. I was word for it, but I mean, so it's not that I'm not taking your word for it, but, mm. uh, but the potassium didn't get better, um, and it will do that when you turn into one of those patients that hide your medication, but, um, That I come in into IV potassium, which is one of the most excruciatingly painful IV infusions that I've ever had, but it did the trick. And I was like, long after that, that I was slowly introducing things like orally, because your whole body, your intestines, your stomach is getting used to its tube in this place. Because I have a GJ tube or uh, it's a gastric uh, GJ, which is. Uh, gastrojejunostomy because it has both a gastric port and a jejunal port. I feed out of the jejunal because of the significant delay in my stomach emptying. Um, by the time that my body digests it, or my stomach digests it, almost all of the nutrients that I need are lost. 
So by bypassing that, a lot of those nutrients are still preserved and are there and my body can get them uh, much more better and effectively. Think of it as like in a grand perspective. Think of your stomach and like it's like the root of your plants and of your plant, right? And then if you have like your leaves, whatever you're growing, right? Your body is the main part. And then the roots where all the nutrients are taken up. And, well, I don't like that main root, that main root that comes out. Doesn't really work when maybe it got damaged and it can't. And some of the other roots got damaged. All of a sudden that plant cannot uptake the water and the fertilizer with all those nutrients in it and help the plant to be healthy. Stomach is the stomach breaks it down, but it's adjusted in an amount of time that still allows for the intestines to extract anything of the nutri nutritious value out of it. Um, so it's so long that it's basically way super broken down to the point of that my body's like, well, we can't do anything with this. So that is where the formula comes in by giving that a little bit of a uh, nutritional boost. Helps with getting weight. I use the Osmolite 1.2 and took uh, so much on the air to get there, but that is what I went home on. I had these big, I think like half liter cartons or jugs to go through and then now they come in all cartons. And the weird and stupid thing about this is that my insurance does not cover formula. They will cover the surgery to put the tube in your body. They will cover the actual tube itself, but they will not cover the formula that goes in the tube. Let's just think about that. And the first time their reasoning was it's not medically necessary. Hmm. Well, if the tube's necessary, then the formula's necessary. And then after that, it was, okay, well, it's medically necessary, but it's not on your contract, so therefore, we're not covering it. So, I've been like looking for other resources to be able to get formula, because it can get really expensive. So, um, so I, that's a tip that I recommend is uh, if you're getting a feeding tube, look in with your insurance to see if they cover all the aspects of the feeding tube. They might cover the all the things that the doctor is requiring, like a, the DME, the durable medical equipment. They might cover that. But ask them, do you cover feeding tube formula? Ask them about that. Some do, some don't. Um, so I just have to deal with it as it comes, especially when you're in the beginning part and you are going through formula like nobody's business. Um, because you're basically, at least in mine, I was running continuous feeds, which is basically I was hooked up to the pump 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so I was flying through formula. And having to order four cases out of four to five cases at a time 
um, I got lucky the brand that makes the Osmolite Abbott Health has a patient assistance program and with my doctor's help and filling out forms I was able to get 12 cases of formula um, which I've already gone through um, they send you six at one point and then when you're almost through that you call up and they'll send you the other half so it's like dealing with things like that because it's already there's already a struggle and a stress and things that are going on with this, this, this new tube in your body and what life is going to be like going forward. And it's like you run into these walls and it's absolutely frustrating. It's frustrating on the family because they don't understand, you know, you, I mean, you do the appeals and every single time it gets shot down, you're like, what is this? I don't get it. And there are some, especially with the still not covering my formula, but I don't get it. Um, but I've been able to sort of work through a lot of those feelings um, in therapy, kind of realizing something I didn't realize. But every time I would have a tube put on my body, have to get to the emergency room, it was a trauma on my body and on my mind. And your body can only handle so much trauma. And it does the things it has to to be able to cope with that. And for me, my mind can get these, we get these very loud, like, internal dialogue going on. And I was just thinking about everything, like, in excess. I was, like, in, being over-analytical of every food. Like, wondering, is it going to make me have symptoms or what? And so for all, I kind of stayed there. And I would journal from time to time, but I wasn't really big into it. And I was realizing I was at that point, I was definitely, my depression was up, like, higher than I ever remember it being. So, um, and we thank God for my dog and my family. Um, but somebody literally sit down on the on a driver's board and explain to me, how the mind, like your thought processes work. Now, there's this video that I highly recommend um, on YouTube, but it kind of shows like your brain's decision, um, especially with like social anxiety. And I, there's things that I'm constantly telling you that everything's going to go wrong and this could happen. And well, if that could definitely happen. You shouldn't do that. When the truth, it, it's, and do that. And I realized I had a lot of that. And I slowly started from there. I'm back and looking at all of my favorite foods that I, I liked and what I was eating. And figuring out, okay, what things can I add in that I know I still enjoy and I can tolerate it. I don't have symptoms. What things can I um, diet? Okay, so basically I had to reinvent that. I said, okay, I stopped looking at it as this eating life that I knew before. That 
eating life. This is the new eating life. This is like, this is the new way of things, which is honestly, it's looking at all my favorite things that I liked to eat, looking at them and figuring out, okay, uh, a way to tweak the recipes so that I can tolerate it better. Um, and it might work for people like my mom, who also doesn't have a gallbladder, um, and um, things like that. You know, working on a way to get things back that I thought were gone forever, like pizza. Um, and that. And going at it from a different perspective. Then, so I started to find myself less afraid of trying things. Sometimes I was just confident and I knew. And in terms of, I was like, no. Like, one of the things this day, I cannot drink kind of to try is orange juice. I'll admit that. That would set, that would set me off symptom-wise really bad. And, um, I, uh, really bad. And thinking about, like, my symptoms. And at the time, I was also learning more about gastroparesis and all these other things. So, like I said, like, put this puzzle together and work through it. And so I did a lot of the art therapy. I did um, a lot of painting. I got more back into cooking. Um, I started just looking things up. I met with the nutritionist, but just sort of looking things up. Like, okay, well, I like to cook this. But how do you take it for somebody that's lactose intolerant, that's, um, you know, trying to find foods that, you know, enjoy? So one of the things I remembered I always liked was growing my, um, and so kind of looking into those things. And, um, I was saying, okay, it's not, yeah, things change dietetically speaking, diet speaking, it's not in that world, it's like reinventing yourself, and um, putting it with that, and that has been giving me this courage and confidence, just sort of acknowledging that I was scared, and it's okay to be scared, and it's okay to feel the things that I'm feeling, that is totally normal, and like hearing that, I was like, uh, validation and um, um, into yeah, dipping my toes in the water, so to speak, and getting back out there, adding back in things, uh, trying out different things. Like, I just like walking around, just looking at the ingredients and being like, I think I could get away with that. I said, well, this looks really good. And um, just I think enjoying that. And, you know, it's, it stinks, you know, not knowing when you're going to get a flare or what that flare is going to be like. Sometimes, um, you know, I automatically assume it's one food or something that set you off, but, you know, that may not necessarily be the case. Like, I'm still figuring that part out. Um, so, there's a lot of things that I've been diagnosed with. I 
they do not define who I am. They're part of who I am now, but they do not ever define who I am in this world. Um, and they should never define who you are. They're parts of you. They're not all of you. And that took me a lot to want to love myself with this and just to be confident and like to trust my gut, <laughs> to follow it and follow my heart. And like, it's okay, the things are okay and they will be good. And it's not always going to be perfect, but this is that's not well, perfect. That's kind of the wrong word. It's not always going to be sunshine and daisies with this. It's going to be a lot of thunderstorms and times where you're literally going WTF. Like, like you're just you're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like you're having these moments. And I think the longer you have it, the more you kind of start figuring it out. And uh, for for me, I'm kind of figuring out the decipher between okay, a food set me off and this is a flare kind of a thing. Like right now, with my formula, I'm that I'm on. I am kind of between a couple of theories. One is one of the like that my doctor had that I really liked, which is that I've been eating so much more orally now that I don't need as much formula as I did before. And that is why I cannot tolerate a higher rate than 56 milliliters an hour. But I keep trying to push myself back up to that rate just because I know it would be good for me. Um, but also recognizing that my body's trying to tell me something and backing off and listening to it. So, um, and then, you know, my other thought was it's a sort of it can get in, but it can't get out kind of a thing. But last week or so, I know that is definitely not it. Um, so I definitely know it is possible with feeding tubes is you can have toleration issues. And sometimes you lose some, sometimes you gain some. And... So I'm grateful to be at the rate that I'm at now. And if, you know, by God's grace, I get higher, that's great. But if by God's grace that this is just what I need and and that feels like what's it, that this is just sort of what I need and that I can still gain more weight with this plus the rotten intake. Um, Feel, feel like either way I'm moving in the right direction and I'm just been so proud of myself and giddy because I haven't really heard any good news on the gastroparesis spot in a long 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 time so to hear that I'm like I'm in the right direction was very motivating to me to be like okay I got I'm getting I'm figuring this out and it takes a lot and be patient is is it takes a lot of trial and error and trial and error and figuring out what what works best for your body and what works best for you and please if 
you're struggling mentally, please seek counseling. Please ask for help. I mean, I am more than willing to talk to you. You can leave a message or reach out for help because I promise you, you're not alone. It sounds like it's just, I know sometimes it feels like you're suffocating, like it's just, like you just don't know how, but it's okay. And I heart's not the only person that has felt that. And you know what? Talk to someone about it, the therapy, because you'd be surprised what you can work out and figure out because kind of being able to say it and put it out there and get the feedback from the psychologist helps you understand more of how these things happen, why these things happen, why your mind responds the way that it does. So that that's actually something that's interesting to me is the brain gut, gut brain connection. Um to talk about um, connection, not sure what that is. Uh, it is that we have a form of a brain in our stomach, and so when we eat something, and then all of a sudden, like for me, it would eat something, and then I get like a um, triggered into an anxiety attack, or reason stomach isn't well up in your brains because they're actually connected. So. was interesting to me and looking at like other forms of therapy um, more like cognitive behavioral therapy and cognitive therapy in general and um, anything I'm, I'm open to anything and I think if it's good and it's helpful and if there's good helpful apps I will share them with you so I'm going to end this here and the next part will be on what I use for my chronic illness day-to-day travel and what uh, items or products I recommend for you if you're just starting out or if you're not sure about something and just some general to be maintenance things to look out for. place that can sort of help you out and guide you in the right direction. So more. So um, I'll give you a bonus one but starts. So I highly recommend a product called Combo Septin Cream. Uh, around your tube area it can get very um, sensitive because you literally have this opening in your um, so straight access to your stomach and sometimes those old acids and gastric juice can, can kind of get pushed out and it's very irritating to the skin so the contraceptive cream provides a lot of relief but uh, it also acts as like a barrier and it's so soothing it feels so good um, you can get it at Walgreens and CVS and your pharmacy, your local pharmacy, you can probably order online on Amazon. Um, apply it with Q-tips. You don't even need a, that much, just a little bit. 
you can just apply it around the area. You don't want it to be too wet because you need to keep the areas as dry as you can. And I, also this would be fun is too, I use Tubi pads. So I get mine off Etsy. They're just so much cuter than <laughs> trying to attach gauze to yourself. And I think my skin has just responded so much better with them. So um, and you can get them in your favorite characters and patterns and fabrics. I have a lot, quite a few that are the bamboo fabric, which is natural antibacterial. Um, and I travel with lots of them everywhere. So um, I had not compliments on them from the nurse because people didn't know you could accessorize your tube like that. Yeah, it's like, be mad as make it look cute, right? <laughs> so, um, if you guys have any accessories or tips or anything you want me to share in the next, let me know. I am uh, going to get this finished and uh, sent your way. So, my friends, thank you for listening and stay strong. Listening, stay strong. <laughs> Be strong. I know you're strong. I believe in you and I have faith in you. And we're going to do this together. <laughs>